Hello, what have we here? Can you speak Bocce? Of course I can, sir. It's like a second language to me. I'm a yeah, All right, shut up. I'll take this. Shut up, sir. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You're listening to Havoc Radio. X-Wing 2.0 and beyond. something a little bit different this week um there's three of us here ben will and ryan and first we're going to talk non-x-wing we're going to talk the mandalorian oh yeah we're so good yeah so the finale was two days ago um and that episode so i finished watching it it was so good I went and got some dessert, sat down, and watched it again immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I normally do the same thing. I didn't. I haven't done it. Yet. I haven't done my second watch yet because, well, two reasons. First, I a friend of mine loves Star Wars but can't afford Disney Plus, and so I share like I don't share my account with him, but I let him watch Mando on my account. Yep. And normally he watches it on the Saturday. He's like, I'll give you the whole Friday night to just binge, and I'll watch it on Saturday. And I just, I finished that episode and I was like, coots, go watch it now. Get on it right so now. So good. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I'll watch it when I get home. He messaged yeah. me at like 11.30 that night. He's like, holy fuck. So we haven't given any spoilers away apart from telling you it's amazing. But if mm. you keep listening, we're going to start talking spoilers. Yeah, we are. Yep. So first of all, Luke. Oh my god. He wrecked the place. Oh yeah. How how good was he when he used the force on those super drug, those battle yeah, drugs, whatever they were? And he like he was just choking it. You're like, Yes, daddy. That's amazing. So yeah, we were just talking before and I think one of the things that is so exciting about seeing Luke in that scene is it comes back to the same thing we were talking about with Vader in Rogue One. Right, mm-hmm. the the scene at the end of Rogue One really shows how powerful Vader is and why people mm-hmm. feared him. Yeah, and I yep. think this did the same for Luke. You yep. know, yeah. it gave context to um, in the you know, like when he, trilogy yeah, episode when he two up and three when he when Luke rocks up to fight Vader. You didn't really like you knew it was the big bad and it was the dude with the scary mask. Like I was a kid, so you know. But you didn't realize just how much of a baller this guy was. And to have Luke rock up and be like, I'll fight you and hold his own and then win in the third one. Yeah. It really goes, this guy's a badass. And yeah. to watch Bo Katan, um, Din, uh, yeah, all of their struggling. supporters and all that struggling, and one of those things be a problem. And then this dude walk in and just be like, I killed them all. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> yeah. And do it without really breaking a sweat. You're just like, Holy shit. <laughs> it gives context to why the Jedi and the Sith for that matter are so powerful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like 
it's this this Luke scene, the same with the scene with Vader, the same even seeing Ahsoka, you know, like when she rocked up in the episode a couple back. Because hmm? like M- Mando it. was there to help her, but he really yeah. didn't need to be. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, exactly. she was good. She was good. Yeah. <laughs> also, like the one good thing, like another thing I liked about this episode. There's so many things, but like we don't see Luke become the Master Jedi that he becomes between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he just rocks up to you know Jabba the Hutt and goes, "I'm a Master Jedi," and we're like, "Are you really though?" And then what? so seeing seeing him being able to do something like that, incredible. Like yes, I agree. Yeah. He he fight, he fights against Vader and smashes mm. Vader. But also Vader's in the middle of a bit of a conflict. Do I become good? Do I stay evil? What should mm. I do? You know. And so I think Luke had a bit of an upper hand on that one. Whereas in this, he just smashes machines up and wrecks things. It was great. It was awesome. It also, I think we're seeing here the difference between something directed and written by John and something re- directed by, like, for the, the, the later sequels. And I think why we're getting such a different fan reaction yeah. between... Because yeah. love them or hate them, the new movies have high production value. They have arguably interesting stories. They have... I mean, they have elements of Star Wars to them, you know what I mean? Yeah. They are Star Wars films. People, I know people don't like them for many different reasons, but this is next level stuff. This is it. And and I think the difference and one of the biggest, I think, fair criticisms of the latest uh, trilogy is that so much of what happens in that trilogy is they tell us stuff. Mm. They tell you that... um, not Finn. What's the the X-wing pilot? The Poe. Poe. Po. Just went a blank. They tell us that Poe is the greatest pilot in the in the universe. They don't really show us that much. They show one scene where he's pretty cool, and that's it. They tell us that Ray's an amazing Jedi. They don't really show it. They t- like there's so much telling that goes on in those movies as opposed to showing it on the screen. Whereas yeah. John just went fuck all that. I'm not going to have him say a word. I'm just going to have him murder a bunch of droids. Yeah. Just absolutely kick some dick in and just show you how much of a badass Luke is. And everyone just sort of went, oh, thank you. Yeah. I think amazing. that actually brings up a very good point. And I think it goes back to the end of the Clone Wars series as well. Mm-hmm. Those episodes from series seven, the ones at the end of that season, there are, mm-hmm. there's a lot of elements of those episodes that have music but not a lot of dialogue. Mm. Yep. And it's, that's, it's that's what Star Wars is about, saying. too. It's showing you that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how the most iconic scene in The Phantom Menace is when they're fighting with music in the yeah. background. Mm-hmm. You know? You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even. Even when when that music, oh my god, I haven't seen, watched that movie in ages. But that third movie, when is that the Phantom Menace? When the third movie, the the final of the originals, the final, Men- which, the final which of the original, scene Return of the Jedi. I'm talking about is it Return of the Jedi? It's the third movie. I have I've been I actually don't know the <laughs> names of the original trilogy. I just realised I don't know their actual names. It's Return of the Jedi is the end of the original trilogy. Okay, so in Return of the Jedi, when Luke is fighting Vader in that yes. final scene, and yes. that mu- that music comes yes. on. Yeah, like as a kid, man, I didn't know what boners were, but I fucking had one. <laughs> 
like Jesus Christ, it was so good. Yeah. You just feel it in your chest, and you're just like, oh my god. Like, so I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna change it a bit from Will's boner. Mm. How do you guys feel about Luke's CGI face? So, yeah, you can tell it's CGI, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is really well done. And I have yeah. to say, like, if Disney can't do it, I don't think anyone can, right? Yeah. Because True. they would have thrown every resource that they can to get this right. But yeah. there's, you can just tell, and I think it's in the mouth movement. And yeah. this is the same with Luke in this but also Tarkin and Leia in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. It's just something right, in the mouth, right? right? Yeah. Yep. But I think... Um, yeah, sorry, Rogue One. Yeah. Sequel. Tarkin. Um, I think what they... Um, I, I agree with everything you just said, Ben, about like if this is as good as it gets. For now, and this is the interesting thing, mm. this is... We are in the digital production world, right, mm-hmm. of having layers for these kinds of things and that kind of stuff. So I think if technology does get better, there is actually the opportunity to fix that little little mm-hmm. bit in the mouth and then it will be perfect. So mm-hmm. what, would have, what I feel as though might have been a little bit better is have Mark Hamill dye his hair, clean shaven, put some good, decent makeup on him, have him. Rock up is Luke. Yeah, I don't know if that would work. Like still too old, you reckon? Over him. But yeah, it's exactly. Also, it's also body shape and that kind of yeah. thing. And yeah, holding. Sure. No, th- before you, no, don't do any of that. Have Mark Hamill voice it for sure. But what they should yeah. have got is that actor that looks just like him. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now. I think it's Sebastian something. The guy who played the Winter Soldier in yeah. in um. The Marvel movies, his oh, yeah. face. If you if you do a comparison of their bone structure and their face at like young Luke to him, they're incredibly incredibly similar. And then I they could just use a little bit that. of CGI to just like, you know, what I mean, just you know, a little bit of touch up here and there just to Lukeify it just that tiny bit more. But with the right hair, all the get yeah. up on it, I think. And then with Mark Hamill voicing him. Um, yeah. I think he'd be perfect. I don't well, think he'd have any issue. Speaking about casting, okay, so we've had some characters in this Mandalorian series that have come through from, you know, that originally we've only seen in animation up until now. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, right? Yep, yep. I think the casting for both of them nailed it. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. And I think both of them love the characters so much that they tried to recreate them exactly on screen. You know what I mean? Like little little things in how they behave, what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, those, both of them did a really good job. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I, I liked it. Starbuck. How, yeah. I found it funny how everyone's losing their mind over Luke Skywalker, but they're also, it's also it was also a very good distraction on the main topic of, What's going to happen with the Darksaber? Well, yeah. Yeah, like, Din's got it. Okay, cool. It's but interesting he, because the precedent is... History. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they're, they're, they're reinventing history a little bit with that storyline. Yeah, exactly. Give it to me because she's been so, given 
before. Yes, so Sabine did give it to her the first time around, but this is what this yeah. is what I'm wondering. Like when season one of The Mandalorian came out, and everyone's like, "What is all this? Have to wear your helmet stuff?" And then they're all showing like Bo-Katan, Sabine, Fen Rao, all these dudes not wearing helmets, and everyone's like, "Okay, well, how do we?" amalgamate these two stories you know you're telling us now the mandalorians never take off their helmets but in every other thing we've seen so far mandalorians do well they gave us that story mm. you know what i mean they gave yeah. us child of the watch and how all that stuff fit together and it makes sense yep. mm -hmm. i have absolute faith that they will be able to explain what happened with the dark saber mm. and i expect it's going to have something to do with the fact that bo katan was given it by sabine something happened yeah, where I someone agree. claimed that she was not legitimately didn't win it. Oh, maybe yeah. that's why Moff Gideon She's lost it. She's lost it. Yeah. She, she got given it, and I'm pretty sure, like, everything we know about Mandalorians is they're stubborn pricks. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really are. So when it comes it's to Marshall Creed, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And even if it's not, it's we see it in our own political systems. Sometimes the the masses get held back by a powerful sub-faction, like in everything, like any kind of topic. You've got a swing voter who doesn't want something to happen. It won't happen because they hold that final important vote. Um, so anyway, and yeah. so Mandalore has been shown to be subject to that sort of issue many, many times, which is why there's so many civil wars and all that sort of shit. But um, if she was given it, I think they probably for one, you know, I think Mandalorians would probably be like, all right, this once, you've got the Darksaber, you're our queen, you're our thing, we'll get behind mm. you. If she lost that and then got given it again, they'd be like, yeah, fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, good point. I, and so I think it leaves something there for more content somewhere to explain. Unless she got called out on it for not winning it herself. Reckon, yeah, and like that, that. Was how, that was how Moff Gideon got it somehow. Yeah, I, reckon Moff I need to know. Like when you fucked with Mandalore the first time. Oh yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. Yeah, I, but I need to. I need to know. Now. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. That's so many like you know, and th then the book of Boba, which again everyone's like, is that season three? Is that something else? Is that uh, whatever? They haven't I, finished the Mandalorian storyline. They finished a part of it. I saw that it was someone confirmed it today that they are different. Oh. I don't, oh, geez, that's what I was told. I haven't seen it myself, but I believe that that is the case. Poor badass, because that excites me, because oh, I'm no. not ready for the Mandalorian to be done, like to be no, me to be pushed to, to being a, a side character. Yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued to know what's going to happen with Bobbin now that he's taken over. Yeah, that'll I mean. Be, that'll be interesting. So this. That's what you're meant to think, Ryan. You're meant to be yeah. intrigued. That's why they show well, us guess... the thing. Well, guess what? It worked. <laughs> Bloody well worked. Disney, how dare so this brings back another topic, talking about Boba. That little section at the end there, um, I just want to talk about like art direction in The Mandalorian and this stuff, right? Yeah. So that sequence was so well done, like capturing the feel of Jabba's palace again, even seeing some of the same characters, obviously Bib Fortuna and all that, like him taking over. But like, there's so many elements of it that we know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And they recreated all of that stuff again. And that scene with him sitting down on the throne there at the end was just like, mm -hmm. give me a screen capture of that. Perfect. That is my alt art. That is yeah. that is my Boba alt art from here on out. Yeah. 
And they did the same with Ahsoka in the Ahsoka episode where she's talking to baby Yoda and there's the tree above them and there's the moon in the background. Like that scene mm-hmm. is another one. It's just like snapshot that. Thank you. That's my image. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I, I don't see for X-Wing, I don't, I don't like flying Ahsoka and X-Wing particularly, mm-hmm. which I am a huge Ahsoka fan to the point where I have yep. her tattooed on my cool. arm permanently. Yep. <laughs> like she is my chick. So, I, but in Legion, which I also play, fuck, I would like that. Oh, they need uh, to in the game so bad. I am yeah. so keen on that. There's yeah. from you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be added to Legion, right? But the mm. two that I'm super keen on, Ahsoka. And a Sarge. Oh, is a Sarge coming into it? Well, they haven't announced either of those oh. two, but I think I need both of them. Oh. I really want a scum faction for Legion as well. I really want I want Sand People and I want Jowers and I want Yeah, they have to do it all eventually. the bounty hunters and then like the Pike dude yeah. and all that but, sort of shit. That'd be amazing. Yeah. They they can fill it out like that because they can have like the Black Suns as a mm-hmm. Yeah. you know or yeah. like all those different cartels even the huts you know how, yeah. how would you do Huck a hut Huck. in legion he's that just sits there on the edge of the board and does nothing <laughs> he's like a buff piece that like yeah yeah maybe he brings on extra units that's like his thing he doesn't do much for the game but at one point you get to drop in like a unit with some upgrades and stuff like that like illegal shit yeah That'd be sick. I'm yep. I'm waiting for Thrawn, and I'll be a happy little camper. Yeah, Thrawn. So um, there was a batch. Oh yes, definitely. I, I think that. the look, yes, but the voice—they have to get the voice of Thrawn correct. Yeah, I reckon I, he can do that. I reckon, I reckon he, can he can do it too. Him. Yeah, I wouldn't be too sad about his voice doing a Thrawn. But um, there was a casual tournament on at. Games Portal for Legion. Legion, yeah. Um, um, sadly, only two people rocked up because, you know, Christmas, life, busy, hectic. Yep. Um, but they did play a casual game. Um, and Oh, were you there? I was there, yeah. So I went to pick up a... Um, I went to pick up something for someone. Mm. No secrets, but anyway. Um, and so there was, yeah, uh, the store owner thought that I was there for Legion. He's like, I didn't think you were playing. I said, no, no, I didn't even know it was on. He said, I said, well... Yeah, there'll be time. I'll I'll have a look at it, and so yeah, I watched. Um, yeah, look, Imperial's looking better and better, but um, oh, it's a really good game. So yeah. that's actually a good topic because since our last episode, there's been what half a dozen people in the Black Havoc group get into mm-hmm. Legion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Brendan and Jared did. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Callum originally started collecting stuff just to do a Star Wars RPG thing. Like, he wanted the models for that. Yeah. But then he, he got the models and he saw how amazing they are. And he's like, he's in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think he's had a few games. That yeah, him I his played him the other night. I played him last Monday or the Monday before. The Monday before. Wasn't that Jared? Oh, that was Jared as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've had a game with Callum. This is a few months ago. In between lockdowns, 
you know, we had like that couple yeah. of weeks. I think I had a game in Callum then. And so, yeah, no, nah, big fan of Legion. I just couldn't do today. That was the only thing. That's fair. Which is lucky because it was only three people that rocked up. It would have been three people if you rocked up. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, I, I have to say, I like, and I think this is a bit different to a lot of people, and but I think, Will, you agree with me. I like the skirmish format of Legion. Like, mm. I find... So someone asked me this the other day. Why do I like the skirmish format? I like the fact it's played on a smaller table. Mm -hmm. so you can play it in like the same space as the game of X-Wing. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that not only is it a smaller table from a terrain perspective and size perspective, but the smaller table from a tactical perspective makes the game really interesting because a lot of units that are too slow to see a play on the big mm -hmm. tables, you see them in skirmish. And they're powerful in skirmish. Things yep. like Wookiees and Dewbacks and stuff like this. So good. But also the games are faster. So, you know, like, Will, you and I have had a couple of games after hours, like, you know, on evenings at Ringwood. Skirmish, you can get that in, like a full game. That would be the only thing you could do in an evening is just one game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I love that. Like, um, I... Traditionally, I've been a GW shill, yeah, not big actual, format, but big format games. Uh, my like bread and butter, and w that was part of the attraction of X Wing, and it's uh, very much the attraction of of Legion as well. Like, I don't have any issue with the eight hundred point format, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I'm not in as much of a hurry to go play it. I think that's a good description. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the game I watched today was was really good. Um, one guy was flying Padme, and it was actually all the it was the, uh, he played Padme, Echo, Fives, and Rex. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yep. and then some. I can't remember what the vehicle was. Um, I don't know. It looked like an ATAT, -AT, but I can't remember. Oh, it was ATRT. ATRT. That's the right. one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. Little chicken walkers. Yeah, and then um, the other dude had Sabine and an ATRT as well, and I can't know what else. Yeah. Oh, and just some generic. They were playing um, skirmish, yeah. Yeah, skirmish. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Um, yeah, I think they had like one round left, but I had to bounce anyway. But yeah, it looked very looked like a very tight game, and I don't know who won it, but yeah, it was good to watch. Sabine at 500 points is insane. Her yep. one-pip card is so strong. And speaking of Sabine, if they're going to start following the storylines of particular Mandalorians, mm. sign oh, me yeah. up. Mm, mm, nah, mm. I reckon... Look, uh, I don't know shit, but my bet is she's reserved for Ahsoka. She I might so. get a cameo in Mando, but I reckon she'll... Her, like, the final scene from Rebels... Correct, yeah. that's... yeah. That yeah. I, I reckon we're not kicking off from there, obviously. Well, maybe we are, but they, uh, I would imagine with the Ahsoka series, they're either going to kick off from there or even perhaps even recreate that scene live action. Yes. Yeah, I, I would, I would choose my pants if they recreated that live action. Yeah, because that scene is meant to be after, um, yes, original. The Imperial. Yeah, that's right. And that's the city whence the Empire's fallen, and she's all there being all that, da, 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 and then she rocks up and says, like, it's time to go find him. And then it's like, fucking, oh, man. Yeah. my pants. 
when when they when they name drop Thrawn in Mandalorian, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. I reckon that one. I reckon the Ahsoka episode is the better one. Yeah, I I love both the finale and the Ahsoka episode, and I honestly struggle which one I like more. Mm. Yeah. The finale moves things along well, and it's more important from a narrative standpoint. The Ahsoka one is very much, for lack of a better word, a filler. Yeah, it's damn good damn good filler. filler. (laughs) It doesn't do a huge amount to progress the story arc, other than they find her and then she sends them onto the temple. So it's very important, but really that one interaction is important to the main storyline. The rest of it is just... Like we know I, she's looking for Thrawn. That's yeah. pretty much the big takeaway. That's the yeah. big takeaway, and then they've confirmed that that's going to be resol- resolved elsewhere, like a different series. Um, so yeah. One thing I would have also liked was at the end of Luke fucking shit up and he takes Grogu away. I would have liked to have seen Thrawn's ship with his logo like just floating offside somewhere, <gasps> and him watching the whole thing happen. Just like, just see his boots on the bridge or some shit. Oh, I need to see his ship. I mean, obviously it would just be a model, but like yeah. in live action like that, like yeah. the, like yeah. seeing the slave one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so I have like, to also say, I am yeah. not over the destruction of the Razor Crest. I am still not over that. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I am so glad he got he got into a slave one. Well, yes, but. <laughs> Razor Crest, I loved that ship. So, do you reckon they're going to bring that out next week now or not? <laughs> the Razor Crest? Uh, yeah. yeah. It depends how much <laughs> info they got given by Disney because their, their lead times for their production stuff would be yeah. huge. So, we know. might see it in what, 12, 18 months? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, depending on how the handover goes. And all yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's a good little segue. How are we feeling about the, the handover? You took FFG to AMG. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty good with it. Like, well, there's two aspects to it. Um, the bit that I'm not necessarily okay with it, the bit that I'm upset about, is the fact that we have lost some people that were yeah. very keen on this game and had yeah. a very strong influence in steering it into where it is. And I'm... By the game, I actually should have said games because we're talking X-Wing, Legion, and Armada here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that aspect of it is bad. Mm. Um, I agree. However, I think um, particularly seeing... So the, the thing I'm going to talk about does impact X-Wing, but I actually see it more in Armada and Legion, and that is... I think Fantasy Flight Games has always treated these games as, like, from a logistics perspective, like they are board games, you know? So with a board game, I don't think the the timing is as critical in terms of when it gets to stores and things like that. But if you have a look, for example, at what Games Workshop do when they do new releases... They announce a new release, they tell you it's going to be available in two weeks, and then it's available at that time everywhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They still have production issues, but... Yeah. And and sometimes they push those dates back. Like, there's even within the last month, I think there was some GW stuff that was like, yeah, we wanted it for Christmas, it's not going to happen. But what they do is they push it back for the whole world, right? 
Yeah. Whereas what we've seen in the last, and this is it started happening even before COVID, but we started to see things like Legion where the unit would be given a release date. It gets released yep. in, let's say, the US, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't turn up here in Australia for like three or four weeks later. Yeah. Or vice versa. We got some stuff here. They announced a release date. We got it here in Australia. The guys in the US never got it, right? Yeah. And yeah. that kind of stuff can really kill a game. Uh-huh. Um, yes. and, and particularly something like Legion because, you know, and, and particularly because we're in the era they just started bought out the Clone Wars stuff end of last year, you know what I mean? And uh-huh. trying to get the two new factions to the same level as the two old factions, it's critical that when those um, units come out, that people can get them, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think because FFG kind of it felt like they were treating these games as board games, that logistic side of things, they weren't on top of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. moving all of these games to a dedicated miniatures get company, mm-hmm. I think will hopefully, fingers crossed, resolve some of those issues. And the reason why I think that is because Marvel Crisis Protocol, even this year during a pandemic with all of the production issues and all that kind of stuff, they have had that kind of release schedule where they say it's going to be available, they get stock in, and sure, it's different. You know, like X-Wing, Legion, Armada, people buy multiples of these ships sometimes. And you're not necessarily doing that in Crisis Protocol, but they, the fact that they're on top of that aspect of the logistics, fingers crossed, I hope they do that for X-Wing Legion and Armada. Yeah. The only thing I would like, I don't care about everything else, as long as the models keep coming out painted, I'm okay with it. I, I don't <laughs> think they'll mess with that. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about, oh, they're going to throw it out, we'll get a third edition, we'll get whatever, you oh. know. I don't. I really don't see them messing with that stuff because, I mean, it's a successful formula. Like Legion is different. People want to paint their Legion stuff, and yeah. that's you know that's the type of game that it is. But X Wing yeah. and Armada, the fact that they come painted, that is a massive draw card to people who don't have the time to paint. Exactly. Yeah. And the type of game that it is, it just works. So I don't think they'll mess with the formula too much. And I would imagine that the roadmaps that they already had planned for the next sort of two years, they'll just stick to that. You know, maybe the fine details weren't worked out, but they at least have an overarching plan that mm. they can work from. Yeah. 100%. That's something that... um, It's weird coming to FFG games compared to GW games. And even uh, privateer press games, and the attitudes people bring to the game compared to yeah the attitudes people bring to FFG games compared to those other formats and other games, because when I started X Wing, it was about a month, maybe two months before Second Edition dropped, and Ryan had got me into it, and I played um, lists that he'd built for me, and I used his models and his cards and all that sort of stuff, Yo. and he specifically. And everyone specifically told me, said, don't bother buying anything until 2.0 and then buy in then. And that, yep. that was fine. Yeah. And because I was keen and I was eager and I was a veteran of many, many, many games, I went and found Facebook pages. I went and found podcasts. I 
all this sorts of stuff to start consuming content and working out what this game was. And then along that way, discovered just a world of salt about <laughs> how 2.0 was coming out and all this sorts of stuff. And then that that same experience seemed to have crept up with this handover from FFG to yeah. AMG. And it is a hyperbolic I, speculation that goes on that's insane. It is and it's just it's really hate interesting. The game. Yeah. Mm. It's really interesting that aspect to it because other games, you're right about those other games. Like things like 40K is on ninth edition now mm-hmm. or something. And sure, yeah. this has been over very many years, but new editions is not a new concept no. in games. And like anything. GW GW charge for rules as well. So GW for instance, let's look. Let's look at GW because they're big. They're successful. They're fucking. They've got a you company know, that's worth more than. I do love their games. Yeah. <laughs> their models are amazing. Whatever. For better or for worse, GW have have worked it out. Like you can't argue with that. You yeah. cannot buy their stuff and not like their stuff. But enough people do that it doesn't matter. But they work on a three to four year cycle. And there's been swings and roundabouts on that, but generally speaking, every game system that they have, every two, every three to four years, gets a new edition, and that new edition does two things: it releases a new core rule set to keep the game fresh and to work with bloat and where things come up that are really weird. So, like in this example, you could look at things like um, the separatist ship that can move itself around with track tokens and dodge arcs and do all that sort of stuff and how it's a bit garbage if the rule goes one way and it's super overpowered if it goes another way like that yeah. within and wholly within keywording and how that became problematic and, and and that's the sort of stuff it addresses with with an addition change and then what gw also do is it doesn't invalidate the paper that's come before that like the books and all that sort of stuff but what it does do is, generally speaking, the ones that are from the old edition, they're not invalidated, but they're pretty garbage in-game. And so it really means anything that from this day onwards and maybe the last six months where books were released with that in mind, they become the new hot shit. And then until your your faction gets a, a supplement or a whole new release, it generally gets a bit left behind. And that's from a playability standpoint as yeah. opposed to whatever but that is largely accepted as the format and that costs players hundreds of dollars every time they do that either from having to just buy in with the books or buy in with a new faction because their faction is no longer competitive like if you're looking at the game as a competitive player which that's what most x-wing players are at least vocal ones then all of a sudden you need to so if we're doing like for like that's sort of where they stand when FFG did a two, the 2.0 rollover, I worked it out the other day because I've got a lot of friends into this game at the moment, how much it costs people to roll over, which is a conversion set and the new start collecting. Yep. It's 120 bucks, maybe 130 depending on where you buy it from. That's in Australia. Other places it's cheaper. Yep. Like, it is incredibly cheap. Yep. And if yep. this is a company that you're enjoying a product from and they're asking you after how many years was 1.0? Like seven? Yeah, oh, well, something like that. Yeah. Seven, after yeah. seven years, they're saying, 
there's some fundamental issues with this, which was like points printed on cards, blah, 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 printed on cards, planted on play. And we're trying so, to er eradicate that. It's going to cost you 120 bucks to re-up into the game for a single faction and the core set. Yeah, That is not unreasonable. And in I fact, agree. if you have issue with that, you're being unreasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Like this, the, these companies exist because we give them money. If we do not give them money, they do not exist. Point simple. Like they will yeah. go away. I've seen companies go away multiple times because there wasn't a player base there to support. And so, if I, we love the game, and arguably you do because you're getting pissed off about it, yeah, then you need to acknowledge that. They can't tell you how to consume their content too. If you've bought every faction and 50 of every ship because you enjoy that, they can't, they can't factor in every person's way that they engage with the content. They just need to run it down the middle and say, on That's average, people own a yeah. 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 And maybe you need to pare down your collection if you need to buy eight conversion kits. Like, yeah. Maybe that's on you. I, but, did, yeah. I, actually, I actually did see someone the other day that was joining back in and they were like, yeah, I've got 12 X-Wings. And it's like, buddy, 12? You can only, you can only you fit know, five anyway. You can only fit five. And even if they get super cheap, you can only fit eight into a list max. So, yeah. you know. But it's just totally unnecessary buying. Them. Yeah. And then rage about it. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's engage with this critically. And so, so I'm, I'm this is a to... very long-winded point. Sorry. Oh, what was that, Ryan? Yeah. I've got to. Eat, I'm going to eat my humble pie because I remember when we did a podcast and we talked about converting over to 2.0. I was salty as fuck. Well, and I were, but it was also early. We didn't was. have the info. We didn't have the information about the conversion kits. Yeah, and so that's why I was salty. And then, like, there was also a few other things, like. If well, I, I do know one topic you are still salty about, but that's only because you used to like flying the Decimator as an ace, and now you have to fly it oh. as a tank. I'm not salty <laughs> about it. That was that was a broken as fuck ship. I'm not going to lie so about good. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the the thing that I was, um, I'm not salty about it, and I'm not, uh, I'm fifty fifty about it. It's still the force users and having having a token and all that type of jazz for force users, but like it's. It's needed for the game, and I, I like think it. it's, I think it's really good. But um, it was funny because we were saying that FFG had done the way that the things that they had done was because they printed points on the cards. They printed what upgrades you could put on the on the cards as well. Remember the time when Bingo, the punishing one, they said, "No, nah, you got to take it all off." Time. Yeah, it was the first time, and literally someone grabbed a hole punch and punched Punch out it every up. single slot that was on there. And that image is still stuck in my head. I'll never forget that image because it was just so funny at the time. See, it but, was um, funny at the time, but it also shows that it was valid to move. Exactly, yeah. Because let's, this is a good segue into changes that have happened since the last episode. Yeah. So we've had the hyperspace changes come in, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot to speak about from a purely points perspective, but they did make some changes here. And one of them, Boba losing his cruise lot. Right. Sad panda. I mean, Bobber <laughs> with Maul having both mods in both defensive and offensive. I mean, it's a pretty strong combo, right? You can't yeah. deny that. So, but they can make these changes now and they can do it on a per pilot basis. You know, exactly. like Bobber loses his crew slot. Same as 
Fang Fighters got mod slots except for Fen. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can do this kind of stuff and they're not afraid to do this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. the game allows them to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this I had this conversation with a guy at club on Thursday. So I run an AOS club because I'm a bit of a sadist. Um <laughs> and there's a bunch of new guys that are coming to start AOS at the moment who are just getting started. They've got into it through my ISO, picked up some models to paint, whatever they're looking for a hobby. And so there's a heap of dudes that are coming to play games at the moment. And they're playing games and I'm watching them and they're having fun and whatever. And they're playing them wrong. And part of me wants to correct them and be like, oh, you're getting this wrong, blah, 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 blah. They changed this in the FAQ because they run a paper-based system. GW run paper books. And so these people have bought the rule book, they've bought the codex for their, for their army, and they're sitting there and they're reading it, and the rule tells them that this thing moves 26 inches. But a year ago, or longer, they changed that to be 13 inches because it was too strong. But that's on a... FAQ document that's on a website under a da da da, under a da da da, under a blah blah blah. And so, and there is so much shit like that now for Age of Sigma. Age of Sigma, when it came out, especially 2.0, was like, check this out 15, page of rule, 15 pages of rules. This is amazing. This game's so easy. And then you get your supplement, which is the book. And then, but now there's like, oh, but there's also this release and this thing and this FAQ and this FAQ and this rule doesn't. It appears here, but it got FAQ'd and this one's FAQ. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, the shit's everywhere. And so, and GW need to address it, like, badly. The community is, is screaming for it and they're pissed off about it. That is and FFG doesn't have that. FFG. Yeah. Yeah, the, the living documents where, you know, yeah. you just, blue section shows you the new stuff that's changed. I mean, they did that with Legion recently with the points changes that, you know, there was a mm-hmm. big problem with clone armies, not just the standby sharing, but also you know, turn zero aim farming, you know, you could get some really big Rex attacks in the first turn because mm-hmm. scout moves and aims and all this kind of stuff. Well, they just changed it. Mm. And it's just, it's in the rule book. It's in the core rule book. It's not an FAQ somewhere. It's just in the rule book. There's a new little section under that little thing mm-hmm. and they can do that. Yeah, because it's free. It's on their website. It's an editable PDF on their end. You download it, done, sold. Yeah. So have Legion have points on their cards, though, don't they? They do, but they're not afraid to make points changes. So okay, that's good. Um, in the back of the rule book, there is a table that shows new points costs if there's been points changes. Mm-hmm. And they, they do make mechanics changes as well to some of the cards. So, like, yeah. the speeders got immune to range one weapons or something like that. You know, So they have made those changes in errata. I think in first edition X-Wing, they were really hesitant to do that. They would, like, only in the worst possible case ever actually do an errata. Yeah. In Legion, they're not so afraid to do it. They are still very, rest- like, restrained, but they will make those changes if they need to. Yeah. yeah. And um, Legion will get a second edition faster than you like to. And people will rage about it. But they will, because they released a game that was still an idea. When you're releasing a game, look at any digital game ever. Yep. Just not Cyberpunk 277, because they might <laughs> up a little bit. But, yep. <laughs> but they release a game, and inevitably they patch it. And then for Legion, they'll inevitably um, 
a rata at do this sort of stuff. And they've done a great job, I must say. They've done a really, really spectacular job. And they're the, the core values that FFG has, which rules are free, it's a digital blah, 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 blah. But what I would argue that they will absolutely do for Legion 2.0, if, they, if they're if they not doing it already, they'll be working on it, is they'll strip their cards back further. Yep. So that they're even more flexible to changes from a digital standpoint. Um, and they'll possibly release a list building page or app or something similar that that's where be, that becomes their source of truth. Because... So the interesting thing about that, like talking about X-Wing, um, everyone uses like yet another squad builder or launch bay next, right? Mm-hmm. And FFG are onto their second version of their own app, but it's still not as good as the community ones, right? Isn't it? Isn't it really? It is. Oh, the new one is a lot, lot better, but there yeah. are still some mechanic issues with oh, it. Like, as in there's things that you, the PDFs say that you can do, but the app won't let you do it kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That the community ones have addressed. So, but I don't necessarily see that as a problem. These community-driven tools are legit amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is the same for Legion. So you've got like Legion HQ and you've got Tabletop Admiral. Mm-hmm. You know, these tools are so good. And yep. there's another one for Armada. Ryan Kingston's Armada Builder is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to ask if there was a if there was some way of building a list for Legion online so or something like that. The, yeah. the thing that X-Wing does have over all these other things is, and I don't know whose invention this was, but the XWS format that lets you export from one builder, import into another builder, and that you use it for things like, you know, like when you're signing up for tabletop tournaments, you can put in your list and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. That standard of, you know, what a list is, how many points it is, what upgrades you have, all that kind of stuff doesn't exist for like Legion or Armada. Someone hasn't yeah. made that yet. So yeah. that was a brilliant thing that they did for X-Wing. Um, yeah. But speaking of new versions, I know you guys don't play Armada. But Armada has also just gone through effectively a new version, but it's more like not version two, it's more a 1.5. Uh-huh. <laughs> what they did is they released a card pack that has every upgrade in the game up until that point. Damn. So it's and like a conversion kit. It's it's like a conversion kit. It has every upgrade card with new points all the errata changes and they've added new mechanics on how you um, have resources and how you refresh cards and all this kind of stuff. They've added like standardized ways that cuts out like paragraphs of stuff from some of the really old cards. Mm. And it is amazing. Mm. But that's, that's the way you do it. You can just go out buy the upgrade card collection. You have literally every upgrade in the game to that point. Including titles, officers, all the faction specific stuff. Pretty That's good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was a yeah. real really good way of doing it. Mm. Yeah. I think um I th- I think the future of tabletop gaming this is a bit of a tangent, but it kind of talks about the things that we've just talked about, like across multiple systems. Yeah. 
I think the future of tabletop gaming is going to be a bit different to what we're used to. So Games Workshop games, you get a rule book, you get an army book, you might get an FAQ, and you might get a supplement that comes out yearly, depending on what system you're playing. And you combine that information into reference material, essentially, and you create a list using either the Games Workshop supplied one or you write one out by hand, whatever. And that becomes your army. Um, for War Machine, they have an app. They have actually a really, really good app. Um, and you can build it, at least when I stopped playing, it was really good. It might be shit by now, but who knows. Um, and then you could build your lists through that, and it was awesome. You could It had all those sharing capabilities that the, FFG, uh, the X-Wing stuff has. It was awesome. Um, and then you've got X-Wing, where they've got a very much a... X-Wing and Legion, a very board game feeling, both in the size of the cards and the fact that you collect the cards and you make a little army with cards and all that sort of stuff. feels very board game-like. Um, and is actually a bit of a deterrent for a lot of players. Yeah. It's sort of the magic effect. So magic is an amazing game, tons of fun. They created a digital format and it almost overnight killed the standard format <laughs> because it was cheaper, it was easier, was accessible through all the sorts of stuff that had the same payoffs. I, d I don't dislike the card element of X-Wing or Legion, but I do think that there's a lot of people out there who will be a deterrent having to do that kind of like that organizational organizational stuff and storage and all that sort of thing. See, I um, think... Oh, sorry. It, I was going to say, I, I, I know that there are people out there that don't like it. I really do like it because... Um, it, it enables two things for me, but I can see exactly what you're talking about, why some people don't like it with the, having to have all the cards, but it does two things that I like. The first is I know what your army does because I see the cards. Mm -hmm. you know, um, it makes it very easy to know exactly what your opponent has brought to the table, and this ties in for... Um, this ties in for the second component of it, which is um, you don't necessarily have to have the models look exactly how they're meant to be. You know, like yeah. you have that flexibility of not being what you see is what you get. Yeah, so, I really like that. I yeah. love that aspect because um, with Age of Sigma, for instance, and this is a weird like subculture that pops up in different communities. Um, create have like different takes on this but um in south australia they don't like you using proxy models or converted um that sort of stuff uh whereas in melbourne it's okay as long as it's meant to and in but different places have different but the reason why it's problematic is because like you like we were just talking about you don't have anything present on the board as a reminder or as a prompt yeah. as to who something wants is meant to be. And so that really alleviates that problem that other games have. Um, cognitive load for the opponent to keep track of what it is. Exactly. It's not a huge issue if you've got one model substituted, but if you've got something substituted across an army or multiple substitutes or multiple conversions, all of a sudden they're trying to 
play a game that's reasonably complex. They're trying to play against a opponent they've probably never played before at a tournament, and then they're also trying to remember what that's meant to be and what this is meant to be and what that's doing, and you know what I mean. All these different things, it can get to be quite a lot. But if they've just got a like a little set of cards next to it, and they can go, all right, cool. So you've got clone troopers, you've got Obi Wan, you've got Rex, blah. Okay, sweet, done, easy. Or you've got. At one of the big tournaments, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the massive tournaments in the US, there was some dude who rocked up with a rebel army that was all Wookiees. Like he'd converted everything to be Wookiees because that's what he likes. And (laughs) they allowed him to play in the tournament because he had all the legitimate cards for what the units were. And so the opponent could see exactly what was what. Perfect. And then I'm assuming he had the right weapons on the on the model, yeah. so he could see that the Wookiees with blasters were troopers, and the Wookiees with hand Big weapons was the heavy. Yeah, the bowcaster was a bowcaster, and all that sort of shit. And that that is a huge win for having that card format. Yeah. Um, but what I would suggest that most companies should, if they're not looking at it already, but perhaps will be looking at, is having a dual format. So they still supply cards. They still do that. But if you're someone who doesn't like that, they provide you with a format where you can access that same list building thing and then you print it off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for those players where that isn't something that they want to do ever, they have another way of accessing that information and presenting it on a tabletop. And making it clear to the opponent. Yep. Yep. And it could also mean that FFG could then even split their... um, I don't know if they would ever bother doing this, but they could potentially split their... Um, boxing stuff so that some stuff is just the models and some stuff is the, the model cards, the cardboard. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you can have two different price points, um, which would then also be an incentive because Legion's not an expensive game to start with. And then if it gets a little bit cheaper, it becomes a very accessible game to a lot of people. Yep. Um, same with X Wing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm excited, but yeah, I this is very, like a very very long time now. But the point of this discussion, <laughs> even if the FFG move to AMG does prompt an addition change, it's not a big deal. No, I agree. It's, it's okay, very, I don't see it happening. Maybe for Legion, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But I don't see it happening either. But even if it did, even if 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 FFG, sorry, if AMG picked the game up and went. All right, I see where you're coming from with this, but I don't see where you're going with it. We need to do some changes so that we're now all on the same track. You know what I mean? Just so that we're all clear on where the destination is. And that involves such wholesale change that so be it. Because how long have I been playing X Wing for, guys? I can't remember. Two years? Yeah, two years. Two two or three. A bit over two years, I think. A bit over two years. And we're talking, and, and. AMG doesn't take over the ge- over the, the the game until mid next year, so that'll be close to three years playing the game. Mm. And then assuming that there's a delay between them taking it over and there's a new edition of maybe six months, that's three and a half years, and that's been real fucking generous because generally speaking, you'll do a release schedule that's based on an American summer yep. and, a, and a UK summer because they want people who are out and about because they're the big purchasing markets. Um. Sorry, not in a UK summer, but it depends on where their primary market share is. If their biggest market is UK or America, they will pick the summer of whatever country it is. I'm tipping it's probably America. Mm. Um, So they'll pick an American summer and they'll release it in spring of that place because they want their their largest player base available to travel. Um, 
that, to pick up that stuff. That's a, another topic that's interesting in the context of 2020, people traveling. It is going to be interesting to see where they go. Like this is probably the area where I think AMG may have the biggest impact is what mm-hmm. they do around organized play. Mm-hmm. Because organized play as we know it died in March this year mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is just not ready. I mean, we're lucky here in Australia that we're getting tournaments in, but the yeah. rest of the world is not in a good way. No. Nope. So, yeah, you know, if if they get on top of that and we can start doing big events again, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do around that. So, did I see on the Oz X Wing post that they were cancelling systems opens for twenty twenty one as well? Not for twenty twenty one, but they were going to keep like if you'd bought a ticket for twenty twenty, they were just going to carry it across. But they've oh, actually okay. they've actually said no, we're going to refund everything now. And I oh, think okay. this may have something to do with the changeover as well. Like the previous yeah. one was organized by FFG. That's what I was getting at, yeah. Anyone next year would have to be organized by AMG. I don't know. Let's see yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Fun and games. Yep. So how have, are you? I have Sorry, one you final X-Wing topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you guys think about the hyperspace changes? I am very 50-50 about it at the moment. Um, I like it. It's good because I'm getting stuff out that I haven't played in a long time. Mm. Um, however, I, I, it was always the way I always find my niche and then they change it on me. <laughs> so, I, think, I think that is the point of hyperspace though. Like true. That's, that's one aspect I do like about it is that yep. that's what they try to do. But mm-hmm. I think I'm the same as you. I'm still coming to grips with it because, yeah. I mean, it's been out a little while now, but that whole... Okay, pick a ship. It either has its named pilots or its generic pilots, but not yep. both. Like yep. that kind of messes with my brain a little bit. It, it's hard when you go, okay, I want an ace and two other aces, and you've still got eighty. You've still got thirty points left of upgrades, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll just fit a generic ship in. Oh, hang on, mm-hmm. I can't. Okay, let's try and fit an ace in. Nope, I can't. Okay, scratch that. Let me do two. Let me do a gen- uh, three, three generics and an ace. Nope, can't fit that either. And so, yeah. It, I, I think the one thing everyone listening should keep in mind when it comes to hyperspace, we're all in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I, listen- am, I'm glad that we've, I'm glad that we've got um, Defenders back. I'm glad that we've, even though they're just generics, but that's fine. Um, um, also glad that they've brought back Palp as well. So I'm flying a fair bit of Imperial at the moment um, and am loving it again. I haven't flown Imperial for a very long time. Mm. So it's been good. Like this is, this has been good. This has been a good excuse for me to change over back to Imperial from first order. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, you just summed up right there, Ryan, in that, sorry. You just summed up in that that three minute conversation why space is super important to X Wing. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. It does make people fly different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I I don't know how I feel about it. Everything that I did has changed, but I am enjoying flying Imperials. I haven't played them in ages. Yeah. I can't figure out my list building. (laughs) This is all. You know what I mean? That is what keeps it fresh. If if X Wing was just extended, the game would be boring. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you don't have X-Wing doesn't have scenario. 
it has kill points. That is all yeah. that it runs. Every other gaming system I've ever played runs scenarios. And that is a little thread that a gaming company can pull at that allows to change the meta without changing or changing the rules. Because yeah, if you change what scores, how it scores, when it scores, where it scores, you change the game. Yeah. And then they can do that every six months, 12 months. They can release a new mission set mission set and keep the game fresh. X-Wing doesn't have that. doesn't have that thread to pull. So if they uh, want to keep the game fresh, they could release scenarios for it. But They, they did, didn't they? With well, the, fully, the fully, fully loaded pack had okay, scenarios, this, didn't they? This goes back to Will's point. Sure, yes, they did release those scenarios. How many mm. of you played? Yeah, true. Exactly. Right? And, yeah, and this is, but that's because that's what X-Wing is, right? X-Wing... I mean... I have played scenarios like Heroes of the Aturi Cluster and all that kind of stuff and had a great yeah. time doing it. But yeah. the X-Wing that we turn up on a Monday night and a Wednesday night for mm-hmm. is, you know, you're made across the table, let's get some ships on the board, go pew-pew and see who wins. That's it. Your X-Wing community will always reflect what's in, for X-Wing, the organized play pack. Yep. So yeah. and that's the yeah. same with AOS. The games we play on Monday night or night are the games that we're replicating from the tournament packs. The stuff that we exclude at tournaments is the stuff that we exclude on Thursdays. And everything else is falls under the bracket of narrative. And so those missions that got released are narrative essentially for X-Wing. And so they're played for fun occasionally when you feel like something different. And yep. so for X-Wing to stay relevant, hyperspace is a necessity, not, not a nice to have. Yeah, it doesn't. People talk about how it allows players to not buy every ship and to not own everything, which is a hundred percent true. It allows it's an easier point of entry for new players because yeah. they only need a few ships. They need to be hyperspace relative uh, uh, relevant, and then they're good to go. Yeah. And, and they can mimic netlists. They can do whatever, or they can do their own thing. It's up to them. That is yeah. absolutely true. But if you rely on the points changes in X-Wing to keep the game fresh. It's, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster. Your player base will be bored within 12 months. It'll be an exodus of the game. It'll be harder to get games. It'll be harder to get tournaments. And the so game will collapse. The interesting thing is, I think, here, at least in Victoria, we love hyperspace, and we do this, right? And we have... Sure, we have extended tournaments and stuff as well, but... We spend a lot of time playing hyperspace, and I think everything that you just mentioned about the game, there's some areas of the world that never play hyperspace, mm-hmm. and that's what they run into. And so, you know, when FFG said, for example, this year that system opens were meant to be hyperspace, there was a lot of people going, oh, but my triple imperial aces, what am I going to do? Well, you know, that's the whole point of hyperspace, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, and I, I think it's good for the game. And you don't have to play hyperspace all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course not. I want to put Guri on the table. I will bring an extended list, you know, and that's what we'll play on Monday nights. And that's what I've done when I've run into something like that. But, yep. but yeah, I, I like the fact that those two formats exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, FFG making large-scale changes to hyperspace, it, it just adds to that. Yep. It keeps you off balance. Mm-hmm. It changes the game. It and moves the, the factions around, with, which is what 
uh, as to who's powerful and who's not. Um, not necessarily who's, but I think FFG I more than anyone do a good job of balancing all the factions being relatively playable. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, two star vipers, Sirisu and um, a, fa- a fang fighter used to be super powerful. Now I can't play that in hyperspace. I haven't been able to play it for a while. Then Boba Fenn was amazing. Can't play that anymore. So for scum, I've got to figure something else out. And I've found a few lists that are like five um, M3As with like various loadouts of missiles and Sirisu is super strong. I just need to get some more M3As. <laughs> like, but it keeps it fresh. It's a totally different way of me. I'm playing a swarm list. Yeah, with, yeah. you've gone from elements. two aces to swarms. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, even just. Not even just changing up little bits. It actually, for, well, not force. I don't want to use the word force, but it inspires people to completely change their game style. Mm. Yeah. And I can disregard that. I can be like, fuck it. I'm going to play X, uh, hypers- uh, not Hypespace, Extended, because we're playing Monday Night Casuals. It yeah. makes no difference. I could just ignore it and continue playing the list that I've always played, besides the fact that the crew slot's gone now. But, yeah. uh, mm. but it doesn't. It prompts me to look at other stuff. And that keeps the game super exciting and super yep. fresh and super cool. And I, I think, love X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the biggest things that was a bit of a misfire for them, I think, when they rolled 2.0, is they released Hyperspace with 2.0 or very, very close to it. In my mind, it happened at the same time, but I was still new to the game. Um, and then at the time, it was every new ship that got reboxed or released was so, then yeah, that's what it was. in hyperspace. And then all of a sudden, after six to eight months, hyperspace and extended felt very similar. There yep. was a lot of options in hyperspace. It didn't feel like much of a change. And then they went, what, 12 months ago, they went, fuck that noise, and they just stripped it back bones. And we've had two iterations since. And in this but latest... They're all very different to each other as well. Exactly. And this one, they're yeah. just like, yeah, cool, you get names or you get basic never get both and that's yeah. like a huge change yeah um, which I, I think it's made it nice and fresh it's made it something yeah. different yeah yeah yeah. and give it three months back to the builders to try to find out what works together exactly that's it give it six months time three months time be like these are the good lists this is great you take this name pilot you take these dudes you, like people work out like what's good, what's not. They play it, they they theory craft it, they whatever. Like it's only a matter of time before we know like before the dust settles and we know where we're going with it again. It's just yeah. in the early like few weeks, months, depending on who you are and how engaged you are, that you're a little bit yeah. off kilter. I mean off kilter. Like Yeah. It it's, it's exciting cool. It's awesome. It's also prompting so many people to buy in. Like, I have so many mates that are buying into Legion and X-Wing right now. It's crazy. It feels like every day I get a message from some new person being like, oh, I'm about to buy into Legion. I'm about to buy into X-Wing. What should I get? Like, And this is the interesting thing. It's not even... Some of the people you're talking to are not like, oh, we have an established group and we're adding another person to it. Like, the guys down in Geelong have just wholesale gone, we're going to stand up a whole community down here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And and they will and they'll come to tournaments. And I think that's where um, this does back to that organized play talk the other day. I think FFG or AMG, whoever, um, I think I think the organized play that they used to ro- run was amazing and awesome and one of the massive wins of the community. But I also think it was it came at 
I think there was a detriment to the community a little bit too there because in 1.0 I'm thinking of particularly is they they didn't have hyperspace, they didn't have scenarios, and they had a prescribed tournament format and a prescribed um, prize structure. And yeah. I think that would have... I think you would have seen an attrition rate there that was reasonably high because people would have got bored. Regardless, like, because there's, there's always, whenever you go to a tournament, and I regularly go to tournaments that are 60 plus. This is for Age of Sigma. Age of Sigma is a terrible competitive game, by the way. You can be competitive <laughs> in it, but it's terrible. But if you go to a tournament of Age of Sigma, there's 10 to 15 players there that are about trying to win the tournament. Like, Everyone who goes there is like, oh man, I'd love to win. But there's 10 to 15 players there that are likely that are actually like prepared to win. Prepared yeah. and likely to be in with a shot for it. Yeah. There's 10 to 15 players who are like, this is my first time close enough to be here. And I'm playing whatever the fuck I own and it's cool. And then there's 30 people that fall somewhere between that spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that is what it is. And you end up... um having a good time and so for people who are in that 15 player pool of the competitive whatever's they'll hang on in x-wing they'll persevere they'll keep coming back because for them the challenge and the excitement comes from that that competition that repetition and that payoff of their of their training essentially and then the podium or getting closer to the podium or whatever (laughs) is enough of for everybody else they'll drop away. Mm. A, a percentage of them will become that 15. A percentage of them will hang about and just play whatever. But a, but a large percentage of them will drop away because the format will stay the same. They don't have the interest or the engagement to be in that top 15 players. They, they, that's not what they're about. This isn't what this is for. I'm talking about the Jeffs and yep. the Melissas and the, the guys that come to Monday nights and have a great time they don't really come to tournaments or if they do, they're not there to win. They're just there to have fun and they'll come to every fifth tournament. You know what I mean? Cause for yeah. them, that's not. A... So unless the game stays fresh outside of that, there's nothing for them. And yeah, so, yeah. but when you, when you let the community drive the tournament and not the company drive the tournaments, cause like we talked about before, when they did 2.0, the company does what they think is best for their, for, their most stereotypical player. You know what I mean? This is what they want. We'll give them that product. But when you let the community drive the tournaments, they have their finger on the pulse, mostly, as organizers, and they can provide content that isn't necessarily as formulaic, that's different, that has different rule sets, that has different things. Like I was talking about before with AOS, we pick and choose what we include in our packs that's included in the core rules. Or, or the supplement rules. And we go, yes, you can have this. No, you can't have this. No, you can't have this. Yes, we will play these 10 missions. These 15 missions are out because they're bullshit. Like, we, we, we gatekeep, you know, essentially. Yeah. And then that becomes the scene. And I think FFG slash AMG are paused to perhaps, I think they could do a really good job of enabling that. Yeah, I think that's one thing they haven't done so far. I mean, I've loved all the OP stuff that I've gone to. And while I'm not one of those people that generally makes the cut at these things, I do try. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm one of those people that tries that is competitive, not necessarily the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think 
Yeah, I mean, we've done it a little bit down here with like our bushfire appeal one and the grand yeah. final event last year. And yeah. I mean, we know that the guys in Sydney Onyx Squadron, they have done a lot of these types of things where it's community run events. And I had a really good time at those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, but there is, like you're saying, Will, there is an element there to allow a middle ground, like enable that officially, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got distracted halfway through that model. Point to that whole. <laughs> I forgot. Sorry. And you reminded me. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Specifically talking about the move to AMG and their take on organized play and what it could mean. Yep. A huge percentage of the AMG AMG dev team come from Privateer Press and the guys who created War Machine. Yeah. And War Machine organized play was different to every other organized play we've talked about tonight in the sense that it was official but able to be subscribed to by the community. And so what that meant was you didn't need to be a store, you didn't need to be whatever. You could reach out to them and purchase a privateer press support prize pack, whatever it was, and then advertise your event as a such and such event. And so players knew that if they came to that event, it was run by Joe Blogs down the street, but they would get official privateer press merch. Yep. If they adopted a similar mindset moving into FFG from FFG to AMG to allow both stores and individuals or clubs or whatever to, and they may need to introduce some sort of validation process, whatever. And I think that's fine. Which is fine. Then you could mean that you could have community run that are then also official prizes, official prizes. And that I think is the perfect recipe for what X-Wing needs. Because then you've got finger on the pulse, community organizers and leaders creating events that are both in demand and desirable to that localized scene, as well as that official stuff. And then you could, and then FFG could then look at releasing. So if we look at the three tiers of organized now, you've got store monthlies, you've got, um, what are they, state-based whatever's, and then you've yeah, got... Like hyperspace trials, and then the system opens. And then the, yeah. So if they kept hyperspace trials, and then they did systems open at that bigger level, but all that monthly shit was open slather, so yeah, that they right. had a controlled format for people that are qualifying for shit, but then they yeah. had an open format for people that are just there to play some games and win some prizes on the day, mm. then you're... I think you've got like that perfect middle ground yep. and you might lose that prize, which I think once upon a time there was a prize where if you won an event, you got to buy at the next event. Yeah. Yeah. They can lose that. And I don't think we lose it. people going to those, those I don't, I've never played in any other, but they could potentially keep that going from the state level to systems where you get a buy um, that bigger format. Yep. Um, but I losing that, that but I you think, lose it at the bottom layer. The bottom layer, you don't get it. Mm. You and just I think that's get okay. cred and, and cool prize. Yep. So that's a good little segue. Should we think about organising another bushfire appeal event then? I uh, don't think the bushfire people need it particularly. 
Well, well, they might do, but like you do. need to do a similar sort of event. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah, we will um, work that out and get yeah. back to our listeners for sure. Yeah. For sure, it's good. I want to um, I want to put together that players pack too. Yes, yeah, we need to do that. Maybe after Christmas, once life's a bit more settled. Yeah, players pack. What a weird year 2020 has been. Oh shit, man! Yeah. It's been the busiest, busiest two months of my life. So in the last eight weeks, I have. Sold my house. My wife is pregnant. Do, do, do. Exactly okay. amazing. Congratulations. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> Four years of IVF. Pregnant. It was great. Um, <laughs> my in-laws are living with us. And I work for a university. Disruption and, and delays because of COVID and all that sort of stuff. And normally I work in this. I, I still in the scheduling department and normally I have 10 to 12 weeks to complete a project through the year which is preparation for the next year for students to come in and this year I had three (laughs) and that was on top of all this other shit and all of that's happened in the last six weeks crazy oh man I'm fucking (laughs) (laughs) Christmas cannot come so with um with restrictions lifted in Victoria, the trading sector, especially for the Christmas rush as well, this last month has just been pure chaos in the way of work. I cannot wait for Tuesday. It is my last day of work for the rest of the year, and it just needs to come sooner because, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a horrible, horrible day for work. But... Um, yeah, we were we were a fair bit behind because of coronavirus, because of um, things being in isolation, being in lockdown, having to be fumigated because we've imported a lot of things overseas mm-hmm. from uh, whether it being draw runners to hinges and things like that. They all come overseas from Germany. They're still they're still in they still have the coronavirus infection over there. So it comes over here to Australia. It sits in. Um, a storage container for two to three weeks being fumigated. And so if we run out of stock, well, guess what? Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Production. <laughs> Production, yeah. Sorry, guys. Your your board hasn't come in. Your um, your hinges haven't come in. We can't install your kitchen. So, um, yeah, this year has just been horrid. <laughs> I am so glad that we, have, we are back to um, playing in stores. Yep. To playing and seeing friends and family and Mm. no matter i think everyone literally everyone has been affected by this horrible horrible thing and next year hopefully we'll be at a lot better fingers crossed touch wood touch all the wood you can and um for those who are still affected by it please stay safe um yep uh, I know I know people in America and in Italy and in the UK. They are struggling right now. Um, not only exing wise, but like life wise, it's it's real tough for them over there. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was meant there was meant to be in the, the UK systems open and the Italian systems open. Both got cancelled. So. <laughs> You know, we when we weren't the other ones that got affected by it. So Yep. I think the um, whole world Yeah. Well, fingers yep. crossed we go into the new year, you know, promising news with mm. the vaccines and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. People will refine how to engage with it as well. Like yeah. uh, certain countries have, you know, it's become a political thing, but, um, yeah. but people will refine how to engage with it. They'll refine it. They'll get better at it. The governments and stuff will get tracing it. It will become less and less impactful as long as it's managed. Yep. And then we should be able to avoid another unit as bad yeah. as this yeah. for various reasons like it's bad when people are dying it's bad when people aren't allowed to leave their house for months at a time like there's no winner Jobs, no all winners in this. Yeah, yeah. exactly but that's right get better and better at it and stuff like that it's yep. all good yep yep oh, well I think I think that's about it yeah I'm also very proud of you two making the comment about touching wood and no one made any like <laughs> Oh, Ben, we're better than that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, I think we might leave that there. Anything else finally? I'm no. all good. Oh, good. No, good it's all been a, good lot for of, now. a lot of changes. It's pretty exciting. I'm excited yep. to play some games. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. gaming world is very exciting. All it this is. stuff. So, anyway, talk to you all later. Talk See to you, man. Have a great all one. Right. Au revoir.